Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferrans. No surprise here, more non-union automakers raising wages. In the meantime, not all locals are happy with the UAW contract. And today on the show, the latest from the Communication Workers of America and the Insulators, Local 50 out of Central Ohio. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 14th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Frank Matthews will be our first guest on the show today, longtime supporter and sponsor of America's Workforce. He serves as Administrative Director for District 4 of the Communication Workers of America, cwa-union.org is their national website. District 4 includes five states in the Midwest. That would be Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and Wisconsin. One of the things we're going to talk about is the elections of last week, and in two words, it was worker power. And if you go to the uh, national website, you'll see what happened in various states. Kentucky, the re-election of a pro-labor governor. It saw certain ballot issues, so a number of uh, progressive issues on the ballot. Campaigns all the way from uh, New Jersey to uh, Virginia. Pro-worker candidates also won in Texas. Mississippi, Indiana, New York, and New Jersey. Now, that's out of Frank's territory, but it certainly deserves recognition, no doubt about that. So we'll talk about the elections. We'll zero in on Ohio. I uh, got a comment from uh, Tim Berga. He and I were texting yesterday, and he was talking on the show last week about uh, the campaigns in Ohio with union members that were running for office, and they were tracking 40 of them. Out of that 40, 27 won. 27 won. These are people that were working in their, in their respective unions, some of them union presidents, vice presidents, business managers. But again, 40. Out of 40, 27 won. Now, there were labor-backed candidates, okay? And there were over 200 labor-backed candidates. They necessarily didn't belong to a union, but they were backed and endorsed by labor. Out of that, uh, it's actually, let's see, 202. Out of that 202, 161, 42 lost. That's pretty darn significant. Also, a touch on the debt ceiling. Yeah, we might see a government shutdown this Friday. That's a possibility. And uh, we're also going to talk about a strike at uh, Maximus. So uh, Frank's going to be our first guest on the show today. And this being a National Apprenticeship Week, we are going to feature Dan Poteet today. Now, Dan is business manager of Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio. Website Insulators, that's plural, 50.com. He's a second-generation insulator, became a business manager almost 10 years ago, February of 2014, and recently elected as president of the Heat and Frost Insulator Central States Conference. He's also a member of the Ohio State Building Executive Board and chair of the Local 50 Apprenticeship Program. We're going to talk about the, the apprenticeship program at Local 50. 
being ready to man the current and future workload. Now, there is at least, according to Dan, five years of work ahead of us. Unfortunately, this is the sad part of the story, there's not enough people to cover all those jobs. So Local 50 is looking to organize, increase their apprenticeship classes, and do whatever it takes to get people in the local. I mean, there's a huge, and we're talking central Ohio here, all right? How many times have you listened to this show, especially with Dorsey Hager, talking about the building boom in central Ohio, which is probably going to go on for at least a decade, maybe two decades, with the Intel plant, You've got uh, Amazon. It's it's the new Silicon Valley in central Ohio. So uh, they have to prepare for the future. And speaking of Apprenticeship Week, it was kicked off yesterday, and the uh, Labor Department announced that uh, they plan more than 1,300 events and proclamations nationwide, united by the theme Registered Apprenticeship, the super highway to good jobs. So... Through the end of this week, this ninth annual event will bring employers, industry associations, labor organizations, community-based organizations, workforce partners, education providers, and government leaders all together to showcase the importance of registered apprenticeship programs in improving job quality and expanding U.S. workers' access to good-paying jobs in many industries. Acting uh, Secretary of Labor Julie Sue said... National Apprenticeship Week recognizes the administration's historic investments in registered apprenticeships and their vital importance to our nation's workforce and infrastructure. To highlight this week's importance, Secretary Sue is attending several events, including, this was yesterday, a National Youth Apprenticeship Graduation event where the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, and White House officials gathered with apprentices, recent graduates, and other stakeholders to celebrate in efforts to expand registered apprenticeships. The administration has developed, ready for this, more than 7,100 new programs, and they have welcomed more than 12,000 new employer partners to participating programs. These efforts by the administration have led to the hiring of more than 1.3 million apprentices, which includes more than 350,000 apprentices from ages 16 to 24, 200,000 Hispanic apprentices, more than 130,000 women, and 118,000 black apprentices. And since... National Apprenticeship Week began. We're going back to 2015. More than 800,000 people have participated in more than 6,800 events and 1,300 proclamations in support of a proven model have been issued. And that is a proven model, no doubt about that. And each day, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, each day there's a different focus on this week. Today, it's registered apprenticeship in new and emerging industries. Tomorrow, the focus will be on underserved populations. On Thursday, women in registered apprenticeships. And then on Friday, registered apprenticeships for veterans and federal employees. Now, on the show tomorrow, we're going to feature Mike Hazard. Now, Mike's been in charge 
of the United Association's Veterans in Piping Program. So we'll zero in on that tomorrow. Okay. And now a brief look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWatterson.com. No surprise here. How many times have you heard me say unions lift all boats? Well, they're certainly doing that in the auto industry. Hyundai Motor said yesterday it will hike wages for non-union production workers at its Alabama factory by 25%. Not right away. This is going to happen by 2028. And, of course, this comes after the UAW workers won new contracts with the big three. The Korean automaker joins Toyota and Honda Motor in raising U.S. factory wages after the UAW won a new contract with General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler parent Stellantis. That will result in wage increases of 25% through 2028. Hyundai said that with the new raise coming, which is going to be in January, the 4,000 hourly workers at its Alabama factory will have received wage increases of 14% over the last 12 months. They also plan to uh, raise wages at its electric vehicle factory. And that's going to go up, let's see, in 2025. And that factory is located in Georgia. Hyundai said that wages are being raised so that the company can remain competitive and recruit and retain top talent. Yeah, they might be uh, going to UAW plants if they didn't raise wages, right? On Friday, Honda said it would give U.S. production workers an 11% pay hike. That also starts in January. Toyota said that they are raising wages about 9%. Meanwhile... The strike-ending labor agreements between the UAW and the Big Three may not be a done deal. Let me explain here. Ford Motor Production Workers, this is at the Louisville Assembly and Kentucky Truck Plant, voted against the proposed contract. This was late Sunday. UAW Local 862 Union said 55% of production workers voted against the deal, 69 percent of skilled trades workers voted for the new contract now the majority of workers at each automaker need to approve the deals for them to be ratified ratification has been slow mainly because the union agreed to go back to work while the vote was happening now in 2019 when the uaw was on strike at gm that didn't happen they uh, they waited and it took about two weeks and then they went back to work UAW workers at GM's Flint, Michigan plant, they voted to reject the tentative contract agreement at the end of last week. UAW local 598 union said 53% of production workers voted against the deal, yet 65% of skilled trades workers were in favor. Similar situation of what happened in uh, Kentucky. Overall, 52% voted against. Separately, Production workers at the Flint Engine Operations Plant voted against the deal, but four other units were strongly in favor. So we'll keep our eye on that one. Workers at Disneyland will soon see an increase in wages and receive significant back pay. Going back to 2018, voters in Anaheim, 
California approved a ballot measure that increased the minimum wage at resort businesses receiving city subsidies. Well, that current wage is $19.40 and increases each year with the cost of living. However, after Disney canceled two tax break agreements with the city and the city attorney, they argued they didn't need to comply with the minimum wage. And they're making a lot of money, mind you. Disney workers, as a result, filed a class action suit in 2019, arguing it was receiving other city subsidies that it was therefore subject to the minimum wage. And last month, after the California Supreme Court declined to hear Disney's appeal in that lawsuit, the company agreed to comply. So some workers' pay will increase by roughly 25%, and they will get back pay so congratulations it wasn't an easy fight but they won in the end all right quick break when we come back frank matthews on behalf of the communication workers of america this is america's workforce more shows available at awfradio.com it takes liuna to build north america's infrastructure From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, LIUNA members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by LIUNA at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The the United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF union podcast by the way this next segment brought to you in part by the united labor agency you can find more at ulagency.org let's go to uh, line number one welcome a longtime supporter of america's workforce mr frank matthews on behalf of the communication workers of america national website cwa-union 
Org. I mentioned we're going to talk about the election. We'll get to that and what happened in various states last week. But right now, we have a strike going on, and we're talking about the uh, largest federal call center strike in history. And it's happening in seven states. We're talking about uh, Obamacare and Medicare workers. Frank Matthews, welcome back to the show. Talk to me about what's happened. I guess this happened. It started on uh, on Friday. Is that right? Yeah, afternoon, Feist. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's uh, the Maximus Call Center workers. They're a um, government-contracted company who hasn't necessarily been a, a really great employer in the past and when it comes to wages and benefits. And uh, we've got 700 um call center workers nationwide and you know some of the some of the cities affected are like albany new york chesterfield virginia phoenix london kentucky tampa you know they've got locations all over the country but basically what these folks do flash is they are the 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 go-to people and the the save the, the safety nets for folks that want to talk about obamacare and medicare and get signed up and uh they've just pretty much had it um low wages low benefits and um yeah i mean you hit it right on the head we um i was actually able to take part in a town hall call last week with uh our president claude cummings from cwa um it was pretty pretty incredible had stacy abrams on there um uh, she's throwing her name in behind this fight also with, with CWA. And uh, we had, um, I believe, three of the Maximus call center workers. And th- their story was pretty was pretty intense, Flash. I mean, you know, um, they aren't making a living wage. Um, their health care is actually... <laughs> substandard to what they're trying to to um you know explain to people when it comes to medicare and obamacare uh, uh-huh. so um you know it was it was really sad to hear some of the testing and some of the um some of the procedures that these three employees just didn't have done when it came to their health care because their deductible was so high um maximus got kind of shifty with them and they Although they they gave them a um, uh, from what I understand a deductible free health care plan, the the deduct or not a deductible but a um, a a pretty low cost health care plan, they bumped the deductible to uh, up over two thousand dollars. So a lot of these folks, if you're making thirteen, twelve, thirteen dollars an hour. Uh, and a procedure costs 200 bucks. I mean, that's liable to be, you know, 90% of your paycheck. So um, they just said they, you know, they basically what the folks are fighting for is they would like to get up to $25 an hour, which is what the federal government says is a living wage. They would like to have an affordable health care plan that, you know, brought the deductible down and had some more in-network stuff. And, uh, you know, and they even shared a few things that, you know, asking for these folks are allowed six minutes a day for bathroom breaks. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy what's going on there. So uh, we're with them. 
Uh, we're doing whatever we can. We've got a, a, a spot on our uh, website. It's um, cwa.org slash Maximus where people can go to learn more and what to do. But we really need to put a lot of pressure on Joe Biden's administration to walk the walk here and talk the talk. And, uh, you know, they're in control of this government contractor. Um, you know, we need them to, we need Joe Biden to jump in here and, and, and help us out, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, if he's, he's a pro union guy, he should be jumping yep. into this, you know, Frank, I, I'm on the website right now, and this is just another example of contracting out work that the government should do uh, privatize. Yep. I, that's, we talk about this on the show so much. I, I'm reading about this contract. It's a 6.6 billion dollar federal contract so (laughs) they're making some money on the backs of these workers and sadly most of the workers i mean we're talking about predominantly black and latino women at 12 call centers and you said they're making what 12 13 dollars an hour that's yeah you know and it's it's like um and and to them it's you know uh, uh, other than the the wages and the health care uh, there are so many respect issues on the table that, um, you know, we've, we've dealt, to your point, we've talked about it time in, time out, month in, month out of these contractors that, uh, you know, they're skimmers or what they are. They're, they're, yeah. they're skimming the profit and, you know, they're, they're being sub, you know, all this work's being subcontracted out and the only people losing on this, the CEOs and the companies are the making everything. The only people losing are the workers. And, uh, yeah. I, I credit these folks, man. They're, they're, they're in it for the long haul. And, uh, and, uh, it, it, it seems like the time's right. You know, sadly, when they awarded that contract, they should have written in some stipulations on wages and benefits, but, uh, I, I don't know who signed off on it, but. That should have been done on the front end, yeah. and they wouldn't be dealing with this right now, sadly. Oh, man, that's, yeah. that's horrible. They do have a um, NLRB complaint uh, the, in Region 5, that, Region 15, that's been accepted over all this. And from what I understand, there's many more NLRB complaints to come based on Maximus attempts to, you know, which seems to be the playbook flashed to, to interfere and, and thwart any worker efforts to, to organize and to, to make their lives better. Let's move on to uh, what happened at the polls last week. And uh, again, there's some really good stories on your website, national website, cwa-union.org. Worker power. We saw worker power at the polls, <laughs> didn't we, Frank? Oh, my. People spoke. I mean, we, um, you know, we had uh, – in it was kind of a other than Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio, uh, it was sort of a um, you know a, a, a slow election time in Illinois and Wisconsin, which are areas I cover also because of they have a lot of their their non-election year stuff in the spring. But um, we did have big races in in uh, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. And uh, in Indiana, none bigger than Mayor Joe Hogstead over in Indianapolis. Uh, he's always been a friend of labor. Um, he uh, unabashedly so. Uh, that's his his mantra. And, and, you know, he's a candidate for the workers. And he became the first 
third term mayor in 40 years over there. And, uh, you know, CWA's had his back and labor's had his back and he's had our back. And, um, you know, it was, they were predicting a real close race, but, uh, labor and, and, and working families turned out on election day. And, you know, we, he won with, uh, you know, there was like a 16 point difference, 58 to 42. And, um, you know, he, he, I know labor was over there doing a lot of stuff for him when it, the polling came in at the end, like it was going to be close. I know we did a lot of labor to labor work and some, some hustle texting and some, some work. So we're thrilled and, uh, it's pretty historic. Um, like I said, first, third, ter- three term mayor in four decades in Indianapolis. So, um, so Joe's doing it right, and uh, and and labor uh, labor had his back 100. percent Frank, if you don't mind, we could zero in a little bit here on the state of Ohio. I was uh, going back and forth texting Tim Berga. Tim was on the show last week. Tim, of course, the president of the Ohio AFL-CIO, and he mentioned there were 40 union brothers and sisters. I mean, there were office holders, business managers, business agents, but they were working in their unions. They ran for office in the state of Ohio, 40 of them. Out of that group, 27 won. 27 won. That's pretty significant. And when you look at the labor-endorsed candidates, there were about 200, 202 to be exact. And out of that 202, 161. So obviously that union label makes a big difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And we, and, you know, um, to your point, CWA had a member over in Newburgh, Newburgh Heights, uh, named Bill Dunman that was reelected to city council. So we're pretty proud of him. Um, yeah, we did endorse many candidates across Ohio, uh, in the Cleveland area. CWA did support Trevor Elkins there at Newburgh Heights for mayor. Um, of course, uh, Andrew Ginther down in Columbus, the Columbus mayor, there were, there were mayoral races all around the state of Ohio, too many to really even to, to list here. But, um, you know, labor in many states is, um, is consciously cultivating and, and encouraging our members, uh, to, to run, um, uh, we, we there's programs here in Ohio for any labor person that wants to run. They're encouraged that um, actually walks them through the process of having a campaign team. What makes sense in your area? How to poll? Do it's just it's pretty incredible. There's a there's a program I kind of want to plug here in Ohio. It's called Lead, L E A D, and it's actually like like eight Saturdays in a row where potential candidates, uh, labor-friendly candidates and progressive candidates can go and basically learn the process so you're you're not going in blind running your first time. So to your point, you know, I, it's pretty – it was a, an incredible day. I think people are speaking. They're tired of being told what they're going to do, and they want more control. And, you know, in, the, in their outcomes, um, you know, the, the only downside, and, and it's not really a downside, we won two, we won two town races up in uh, Michigan, uh, there in um, Warren, a seat, and in the city of Westland, but the two people that won were in the Michigan House, 
So even though we won the two seats, we lost two seats in the Michigan House, which puts us at a tie now Mm -hmm. uh, in the Michigan House. We'll still be in control of the agenda up there, but it's a 50-50 vote now. So, um, you know, uh, they were winning everywhere. And uh, it's, it's it's pretty incredible. And I think on the other races, Flash, the, the, the two issue races in Ohio, although um, we, we remain, we didn't come out on the AFL did endorse issue one, and I believe they were neutral on issue two. Um, I think it speaks to the point that, you know, we're, we're going to be running next year the constitution, the the issue constitutional amendment to to change redistricting and to put it in the hands of the people. I think this kind of shoots us out of a cannon. There, it does show that people are tired of being told and having politicians in in particularly Ohio tell them what's good for them. And you know, um, I think this redistricting thing is going to be pretty incredible next year in the state of Ohio, and we're really going to have a chance to have an issue on the ballot to where um, we pick our districts or, or we have a, have a public group or a private citizen group declare the districts instead of one party, uh, you know, gerrymandering things to where they where they need to be to where, you know, we keep winning all these issues in these statewide races um, at the state level, but these individual gerrymandered districts, we just can't make a dent in the Ohio House and Ohio Senate. So um, I think this was a springboard to, to next year, and, and, and people, people want to control their lives, and they don't want people telling them what to do. So big day, big day. Big day, no doubt about that. And speaking of gerrymandering, they did that in Michigan. They they eliminated right. the craziness over there, and look what happened. They got rid of right to work this year. So, yeah, yeah. elections matter. Elections matter. Frank yeah. Matthews on our live line today, Administrative Director of District 4, the CWA, national website, cwa-union.org. Later in the show, since this is National Apprenticeship Week, we're going to check in with the business manager of Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Attention members of the Heat and Frost Insulators Union who are interested in traveling. Central Ohio has more construction projects on the books than anywhere in the U.S. Mega projects, large and medium-sized jobs are creating more work than our local 50 brothers and sisters can handle. Projects like Intel, the Honda LG battery plant, and multiple data centers for Facebook, Google, and Amazon offer union wages, overtime, and exciting incentives. Local 50 is seeking union travelers to meet the needs of its signatory contractors who can put you to work immediately. If you're a member in good standing and interested in the work opportunities in Central Ohio, visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF travel 
for more information. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Iron Workers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin Frank Matthews on behalf of the communication workers of America. Well, Frank, it looks like we might have another... Government shutdown this Friday. Uh, I don't know. We got a House speaker that's uh, not speaking for America. There's no doubt about that. And uh, the two sides are going at it. So uh, the communication workers of America, like many unions, very concerned. What's yeah. your take on what might happen here? Oh, it's it's, it's scary. It's, um, I, it, it really sticks in my craw of, of politicians that try to use a bad situation to make their situation better and to barter with people's lives the way they are. There's so much, so much that the government does that isn't in the political limelight that, that, you know, people depend on from the, 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 the social services to the parks, to the, to really everything. And, um, it's almost getting flippant with, with these, um, uh, you know, ultra conservative politicians that every time a debt ceiling vote comes up, they want to posture and, and all, oh, we'll give you this. If you'll give us that, that's not the intent, um, uh, of, of, of what's going on over there. And, uh, I think to your point there, they're, they've, they've kind of overplayed their hand the last couple times. And, um, you know, I was by no means a fan of McCarthy, but, but he, he met, uh, you know, the, 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 the Dems on their side on a couple items and his own party ate him alive. And so now, uh, am I encouraged? And I, do I think this new guy is going to do anything to, to, to ruffle his little feather bed he's got over there now? Probably not. Um, but, you know, I think the pressure uh, from the American people can really do a lot. We're encouraging everybody to call their member of Congress and just say, you know, quit playing games with the debt ceiling. Um, let's move this country forward. We've really got too many things going to our benefit now with the um, – with the broadband and the infrastructure stuff and uh, roads and bridges and, and everything going on. I know we've got a couple issues hanging out there like the Ukraine and, and Israel, but um, uh, we can't, you know, lose our sight because of a, of a couple issues and let's quit playing games with, with American people's lives and their livelihoods and, 
and and you know to make political points is is what we're saying. So if if folks will please call their member of Congress and just say, hey, you know, stop playing games. Let's get this debt ceiling passed, and uh, maybe uh, even those that are thinking about. Uh, playing games will, will think, you know, well, maybe this is a political non-loser and I better I better uh, do what's right instead of what my party wants me to do. One more issue here, and uh, this involves your district. It's in Michigan, where the CWA has launched a very powerful TV ad encouraging the state to ensure that over $1.5 billion, that's a chunk of money, and it's all federal money, that they're going to get for high-speed broadband goes to companies. And again, <laughs> this is a no-brainer, but you got to write it in. Make sure it goes to companies committed to quality, safety, and hiring locally. All right? We talked earlier about Maximus. I mean, they, 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 that was a private private deal there. That was a federal contractor. They got a lot of money, and obviously they've got problems with the workforce, right. and, and as a result, they had to go on strike. So make sure that you put quality in all this. Yep. So talk to me about this ad. It sounds pretty interesting. Oh, we're excited. Um, the actual technician, his name is uh, uh, James Dennis. I know James. He um, is a technician up in uh, Michigan, and um, basically, we're stressing, you know, there, to your point, there's so much money here that any time you throw this mu- much money out, the, the, everybody that is going to come out of the woodwork, uh, you know, with their hand out, and when the trough's this big, it draws a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And um, our point is this. We deserve high-road employers that follow safety standards that are local we, we prefer that they use fiber optic cable because we've proven that fiber optics are future proof, you know, that this wireless technology and, and coax and copper technology, while they may be an improvement to what people have now, this is really a once in a lifetime opportunity to build it right the first time. So let's, let's use fiber where possible, use high road employers, and let's not award these contracts to to companies that, you know, have ever had any violations in safety, taking shortcuts in that safety, had violations on um, maybe classifying their employees kind of funky so they so they aren't considered employees of theirs. Their you know, employer reclassification is a real um, a real issue. So let's do let's award these contracts to these companies that do things the right way. Um, I know I have a, a friend that he always wraps up, and I laugh when he says this, but it's true. We want companies that are good at telecommunications putting these services in the ground. We don't want some company coming out of the woodwork that yesterday was – was uh, maybe installing septic systems and and sewer lines to all of a sudden see this pot of money and say, oh yeah, I can bury a fiber optic cable, you know. It's um, so that's basically it. Let's build broadband better. We do have a website called buildbroadbandbetter.org. Folks can go there and and sign a petition to um, encourage their politicians. In, in each state, each state, not just Michigan, each of our five states here, Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin, and 
um, Indiana are going to have a huge pot of money to build this, thanks to President Biden and the infrastructure uh, program, to to take us into the, you know, 22nd century on this uh, broadband stuff. And uh, let's just do it right the first time, you know. I hear you. Get it done right the first time. It sounds like common sense, but sometimes common sense doesn't fly in certain circles. Thank you, Frank Matthews. Frank Matthews, Administrative Director of District 4, the CWA National Website, cwa-union.org. You keep up the fight, brother. We'll talk to you in a month, okay? Take care. I'll see you in a month, bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Dan Poteet is the business manager of Insulators Local 50, and he is coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrans. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Let's go to line number two and welcome a newcomer to the show. His name is Dan Poteet. Dan is a business manager of Insulators Local 50 website, real simple, insulators50.com. And he's got a pretty significant territory, pretty much going from Columbus to Dayton. We're talking uh, 33 counties in Ohio and two in Indiana. You got a you got a chunk of territory there, Mr. Poteet, and uh, congratulations coming up on 10 years. I was reading earlier, you became the business manager in February of 2014, so uh, approaching 10 years. So welcome to America's Workforce. How, how do you like being business manager? A lot of traveling in that area, right? Uh, there is a lot of traveling, and uh, I appreciate the welcome. Um, I love being the business manager. Um, I don't think there's anything more fulfilling than uh, being able to help these guys get what they really deserve. That's what we want, no doubt about that. Well, this is National Apprenticeship Week. I know you want to talk about your program Talk to me a little bit about yourself, how you got involved. I was reading earlier that you're a second-generation insulator. 
Can you uh, give me some uh, some some more to that? Some specifics on that? Uh, sure. Um, so I am a second generation insulator, uh, but I have multiple family members uh, that came through the ranks. Um, I have an aunt, a cousin, an uncle, um, and then my father. Um, and, and a little bit of a story here with my father. Um, he he and my uncle were the first two members ever organized into our uh, western side of our jurisdiction, which would be the Dayton side. Um, and, and I can remember the difference at home when I was a child. I can remember the difference um, in the things we were able to do and the vacations we were able to take once he came into the local, right? Uh, so from a young age, I knew I knew that I wanted to follow him because I saw what it provided for for us at our house. Good, good. And you want to make sure that uh, your kids and your kids' kids continue that tradition. It's important because there is, I call it the union difference, a big difference, big difference. And we're seeing some big victories with unions because it's long overdue. I mean, wages need to go higher. You're dealing with inflation. you got to get the benefits, health care costs going up. And uh, it's been a good year for unions. So local 50, how many, how many, how many members right now, Dan? Uh, currently, we have about 218 members, um, which is the largest that we've ever been. Um, over the last four years, we've we've went from about 180 up to the to the current mark of 218. Uh, but our biggest growth has been in our apprenticeship. Um, we we typically carried between 25 and 30 apprentices, um, and we're currently setting at 59 and. And looking for more every day. Well, you need them. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah. Because, you know, we talked to Dorsey Hager of the uh, Columbus Central Ohio Building Trades each and every month, and he's he's going crazy over there because there's so much work going on in Central Ohio. And uh, it's a construction boom. It's becoming the new Silicon Valley, the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. So we need we need people in all the trades. So... What are you doing at Local 50 to attract more people to the insulators? Let's start right there. Well, we're thinking outside of the box a little bit here. Um, we've partnered with BMA Media. They've been a longtime partner for us. Um, um, we're creating videos. Um, we're, we're not just looking for apprentices, but we're looking for, for experienced mechanical insulators. Um, we're, we're sending videos out to them through all the social media networks. Um, we're doing mailings to them. We're, we're doing job visits. Um, uh, we're hitting a lot of these trade schools, um, and we're heavily involved. You mentioned Dorsey Hager. We're heavily involved with Dorsey and his Building Futures program. Uh, that thing has been a, a godsend for us. We've gotten some really talented and really driven individuals out of that program. Dan, as far as the workload, and Dorsey said it's it's going to go on for a long time. Are you of the same opinion? There's plenty of work to go for, for many years ahead? I, I am. Um, and I know when Dorsey's discussing, when Dorsey's discussing the workload, he's talking more about the Columbus Central Ohio area, which is incredible. That workload is out of this world. Um, but with our jurisdiction, we also cover the, the Dayton market. Um, and if you look at the work coming to both sides of our jurisdiction, um, I would say that not only our current membership, but the members who we are um, 
trying to entice to come in uh, are looking at, at seven, seven, eight, nine years of just really solid, steady work. Dan, if you don't mind, let's zero in on the insulators as a trade. Um, does it take a little more explaining on, on what insulators do? And maybe you could touch on the different parts of the apprenticeship program. Uh, how long is it? Is it a four-year? Is it a five-year program? And Maybe you can get into some specifics here because this is a good opportunity for you as business manager to sell this program. I mean, we got a pretty decent audience here, so I'm going to let you pick it up from there. Go ahead. Our program is a four-year program. Um, and, and the training is pretty detailed. Um, we do everything from from commercial and industrial work. Um, we do a lot of fire stop work. Um, our guys learn to re- read blueprints. They take a lot of supervision type classes so that when they book out, we're providing the employers with uh, people that not only have the ability to, to insulate on the projects, but they have the ability to manage a crew. Um, and at the end of the day, the apprentices have so many avenues for for success once they book out. Um, they they get their raise annually as they as they complete their year of training and their year of work. Um, and once they book out and, and get their journey person's card or their mechanics card, you know the the potential is endless. They can simply be workers on the job. They can work themselves into a foreman role, a general foreman role. Uh, we have a lot of members who move into the superintendent roles for these shops. Um, and, and we have a lot of guys who end up starting their own independent shops, right? And they end up working for themselves. And it's all because of the training that they receive in the apprenticeship program. And that's just the work side of it. These guys are also trained in union history. Um, they're trained on the rules of our international. They're trained on the collective bargaining agreement. So they're being trained to be the next leaders of the union as well. Mm-hmm. Have you seen in Local 50, you mentioned starting their own shops. Is that, is that pretty, uh, pretty common in Local 50, starting their own shops? And this is a two-part question. When they start their, their shops, they're hiring union brothers, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it it is a fairly common thing um, for someone to decide they want to go out on their own. Um, one great example of it would be United Mechanical, uh, Troy Van Arsdale and, and his son Mark. Uh, and, yes, then they hire straight out of the hall. They, they're hiring people that they know. They're hiring people that they either trained with or were a part of training. Um, and it just gives them a sense of confidence that the guys they're sending out to these jobs have the ability to represent them well. That's good. That's good. How are you doing with the schools? Because, you know, and I bring this up to almost all the trades on the show, because they all, the schools today, and it's been going on for years, they're pushing everybody to go to college. And uh, we're seeing we're seeing a crack in that right now because not everybody wants to go to college. In your, in your jurisdiction, going from uh, basically southwest Ohio there, is that – is that message getting through that, you know what, there's a pretty good future in the trades, especially the insulators? Um, the message is getting through, um, and, and I think in large part it's because the leaders of the building trades groups, um, whether you're talking about Dayton or specifically Columbus, um, I probably have a little soft spot for Dorsey since uh, he was the business manager of our local before me, um, but that guy's doing an incredible job through the programs like Building Futures 
at reaching out to these schools and selling the trades um, to be equal to or better than that college education when it comes to making a living. Um, and there's a lot of building trades groups that are taking uh, taking what he's doing and running with it as well. So, so yes, the message is getting out. All right, let's drive people to your website, insulators50.com. Let me repeat that, insulators50.com. Dan Poteet is business manager of Local 50 and uh, coming up to 10 years in February. So if people listening right now thinking about maybe entering the uh, the program, the apprenticeship program, all the information on the website, is that right? Yeah, all the information's on the website, whether you're um – whether you have no experience at all and you're just wanting to apply to get into our apprenticeship program, we have the application and an aptitude test right there on the site. If you're an experienced insulator, um, still fill out that application, list your experience. Um, myself or one of my two organizers will be in contact with you so that we can get you placed into the program in the right place. Um, and if you happen to be a traveler, because listen, with the workload we have, we are going to depend on travelers assisting us. Um, we have a traveling tab on our page. Um, on that traveling tab, you'll find out um, things to do in Columbus while you're here. You'll find out the proper procedure for getting here. There's a form to fill out for the jobs that you're interested in. And then we have an open calls tab on our website where, where a traveler can go and see every project that we have a call out for You'll be able to see what requirements are on the job, whether you need certifications like your OSHA cards, your lift cards, um, whatever it may be. Uh, and you, you can even see if there's any incentives such as per diems um, or, or a higher rate of pay uh, or what have you on that um, call-out tab. So, so the website has got all the information someone could need. Yeah, that's all we want. Well, hopefully that'll work out for you. Dan, thank you for joining us. Dan Poteet, business manager of Insulators Local 50. And we're talking 33 counties in Ohio, two in Indiana. Insulators50.com. You take care. Stay in touch. Okay, brother? Thank you so much, brother. Have a great day. All right. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, the Veterans in Piping program. And we'll check in with the Insulators in New Orleans. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.